So it's going to be a very different energy tonight. I don't know what that energy is going to be, but it's going to be different. <laughs> Probably chaos. Honestly, I feel like that fits for the two of us. We have had many nights of just utter chaos up to like three in the morning. Oh, yes. Just talking about literally nothing useful and just wasting time for like six hours. It's great. Usually Phineas and Ferb is somehow involved. <laughs> you know, you're really right about that. And I don't know why. Uh, it makes me kind of uncomfortable, to be honest. I think it's mostly just because we both relate to Doofenshmirtz. Honestly, you're right. But anyways. Welcome back, guys. My my name is Kevin. And I'm Mickey. And this is Who's Got the Sign, a podcast where we talk about the different shows, media, movies, whatever that we've seen or that we haven't seen or maybe only one of us has seen, <laughs> hint towards next week, um, that <laughs> we really like and we ascribe different star signs to the characters in those pieces of media. Um, tonight's we're going to be talking about The Breakfast Club, and I have some information here that I'll share with y'all. So The Breakfast Club was first uh, was first released February 15th, 1985. It was written, directed, and produced by John Hughes, so that definitely a passion project. Um, the movie had a budget of about $1 million, but actually made $51.5 million at the box office, which is insane. I know. Um, it actually now is preserved in the U.S. National Film Registry in 2016. It's basically considered the most quintessential 80s movie that there ever has been or ever was. There's a couple of extra just fun facts here. There's a scene in the movie where all the characters are sitting in a circle in the library and they're talking about um, how they got detention and why they're there. And that scene is actually completely ad-libbed it's not scripted at all so everything that happens in that scene is all from the actors that's so wild i didn't know that yeah there's actually a, a lot of parts of the movie that are ad-libbed and um that are not actually like in the script love it when that happens yeah, um, so Judd Nelson, who played John Bender, um, this isn't actually a very fun fact, but he actually um, considered himself to be a method actor. Um, so when they were not shooting on camera, he would bully the castmates to stay in the character, which got him on the bad side of a lot of the other people in the movie, especially Molly Ringwald. Um, which is made even more uncomfortable when <laughs> Judd Nelson is in his 20s and Molly Ringwald was only 16 when the movie was filmed. I hate that a lot. Yeah, it, it, he didn't leave a very good taste in any of the people who worked on that movie. But uh, so the iconic raised fist image that we see at the end um, when Bender raises up his fist when he's walking away to don't you forget about me, uh, that was improvised. Uh, when they were filming that scene, the director told him to just try a couple of things out and he ended up doing that at the end and they included it in the movie, um, which is crazy considering how much that has been copied in other forms of media since then. It's like the most iconic ending of a movie that I can think of and not just because it's like the main plot point in Pitch Perfect yeah <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing is um, this movie is so like culturally important that it's been referenced in pretty much everything. But just a few of the examples that I have here are Dawson's Creek, How I Met Your Mother, Family Guy, The Simpsons, Gilmore Girl, Gil- Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls, <laughs> Girls, uh, Pitch Perfect, and Victorious. Yeah, I was I was hoping you you included Victorious in that list because I distinctly remember the episode where they basically just made a child friendly version of The Breakfast Club, but more terrible because it was Nickelodeon. Yeah, they made basically a one-to-one comparison that didn't have all of the swears in it. Yeah. And replaced weed with tacos. Wait, I forgot about that part. Yeah, in the Victorious version, instead of like going to the locker to get weed, they go to the locker for tacos. That's amazing in so many ways. Speaking of weed, this movie, if you haven't seen it, which I assume most people probably have, but... Like, there's always the people who just, like, haven't bothered to see something like this. Um, There are a few content warnings. It is rated R. There's a lot of F-bombs. Like, a lot of them. Keep that in mind. Don't watch it around your children. But also, there is a an F-slur in there. And, obviously, since we already talked about it, a content warning for weed smoking, if that's something that bothers you. Parental neglect and stuff like that, you know? whole bunch of wonderful things. There's also discussions and slight depictions of sexual assault and gun violence that are mentioned in the uh, the movie. Uh, This is definitely something that came out before, you know, the 2000s. So there were a lot more things that flew back then that probably shouldn't have and did today. Uh, There's not a lot of them in the movie, but those are also... Um, content warnings that I would want to put out there in case anybody would want to see this movie for the first time. I I think most people have, or if they haven't, they've seen some parody of it in another movie or show. Yeah, and it had been a long time since I um, so I was unpleasantly surprised by a lot of the things because I forgot that they happened. Kevin can vouch I was literally texting them the entire time I was watching it about random things that I had forgotten happened. It's definitely not so, like, going in this movie prepared to be probably offended a little bit, because and it's probably just probably uncomfortable a little bit, too. Yeah, there's just discussions of topics that, you know, we we take more seriously today, is the way I guess I'll put it. So yeah, we already covered it a little bit, but we will be talking spoilers today, so if you haven't seen the movie yet somehow, I definitely recommend going to do that. And the only other thing I'll mention is we will be talking about all the star signs, the positives and negatives of them. And so if we say anything negative about a sign um, or how it relates to a specific character in a negative way, we're not saying that about all people who fall under that sign is just what we read into for that character in that specific scene. And none of these signs are 100% accurate any of the time. I'll give you a little bit of a summary about the movie in case you haven't seen it. More or less, it's just the story of five kids who get stuck in Saturday morning detention with their principal um, for various reasons. One of them skipped school to go shopping. One of them taped a guy's butt cheeks together, I think, was what that was. (laughs) 
and uh, other other things, of course, as well. Also, the principal is a giant jerk, to put it lightly. He he doesn't want them to talk. He doesn't want them to move, and they just screw with him because he's an asshole, and they can. But yeah, so throughout the course of the day, they just like they get to know each other. They learn a lot about each other. They basically realize that they're more than their stereotypes. Then there's a happy ending, kind of, for some reason. So the first character we're going to talk about is arguably the main character of the movie, uh, John Bender. He is one of the five characters in detention. He's kind of like the the rebel, the one who hates authority. He messes with the principal the most and argues with him the most. And he's kind of standoffish and rude to all the other people in the Breakfast Club detention. Um, but they eventually come to an understanding with each other through talking about their family and their own stuff going on, um, that they learn that he has a more softer side and that he's really a more complex character than he initially seems. So for Bender, um, and they just refer to him by his last name, so I guess that's what we'll do too. Yep. Um, but uh, Bender, for him, I had Scorpio Sun. I had Gemini Moon, and I had Aries Rising. Okay. So I went for Leo Sun, Aries Moon, and Rising. Also, fair warning for our beloved listeners. I had a hard time with this one. (laughs) This whole movie, all the characters. So if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, it's because I don't. Why did you say Leo's uh, for son? You know, so I think that it's partially just put on and it's like less his actual personality and more just like how he wants people to think of him as. But everything's like a performance for him throughout this movie. He makes a really big deal out of everything for absolutely no reason other than to make people mad at him. Whether it's the principal or Claire or pretty much just those two but he he just like everything feels kind of performative he's very loud and like his motions are huge and everything just felt like the showiness of what you would stereotypically hear about a leo all right and of course i think there's a lot more to him than that but that was the main thing that i i pulled out of it so i do definitely see what you're saying with the leo stuff because of the performative nature of leos and like them being very showy Mm -hmm. um i personally like i went with scorpio more because i feel like the traits under that fit bender more they can tend to appear as dead serious which you know bender does have his moments of like being jokey and stuff but it always has this air of him like being serious about everything that he's doing that he genuinely believes what he's talking about but they have this drive to learn about other people which bender does like not always in good ways but he tries to like pull information out from other people and Mm -hmm. get to know more about them through his weird and sometimes cruel methods they're very much about the essential questions like what the truth is seeking out the truth and he's not the kind of character who messes around he wants to know like who you really are what is what is it about you that makes you who you are and like be honest about who you are you're you're right i can't even i can't even try to make a case for what i was saying because you're just (laughs) right like thinking about myself as a scorpio 
and knowing that I'm just dramatic as all get out for no reason. But I have Leo nowhere in my chart, as far as I know. Clearly, it's not just a Leo thing. And that was just me feeding into stereotypes because I didn't know what else to do. Fair. I think, like, I could see a possibility of, like, him being Leo under um, Rising because of that, that like, initial idea of performativity there. But, I, I mean, I just think a lot of the traits about Scorpio fit for Bender. You know, it, them being sarcastic, passionate, complex, determined, stubborn, all traits that very much fit for who Bender is as a person. <laughs> so are you good to go um good for scorpio that. for that i don't have anything else i can say about that you're just right <laughs> all right so then i said gemini moon um mm-hmm. and you said aries moon i did okay i said gemini moon gemini moons tend to have their mood come through their words their emotions are very obvious and they make them known they feel the need to be com- to communicate with others, and be heard as well. They seem to be unaware of others' feelings, whether unspoken or spoken, and they appreciate, like, the mental stimulation of conversation and constant, like, change of environment and mind. And I think through all of Bender's actions, we see that with him, because he he doesn't skirt around things. He's very clear about what he thinks and what he wants you to think. Yeah, I totally I totally see that one. This was one of the last ones that I, I figured out. And I was just struggling. So Bender's a hard character to do. It though, really because, is. Because like like on one hand, like you see a lot about Bender. He doesn't hide a lot about himself, but that doesn't make him not like a complex character because there are things that he says without actually saying them. But there is a lot in Gemini about, like, avoiding intense relationships and commitment and, like, wanting to have intellectual conversations and stuff like that, which I definitely think applies. So I totally see where you're coming from on that one. I ended up going with Aries because Aries moons have very intense reactions to things and then it's, like, the flip of a switch, it's over with, and they're back to, like, being their normal whatever and i definitely see that a lot when he's like talking to claire mostly that could just be because he's attracted to her i don't know but he like he'll fly off the handle and he'll yell at her or yell at someone else and then he'll just like turn it off and it's done and also there's a bit in the information about aries moons about spontaneity and impatience the spontaneity i definitely see when he just randomly decides to like you know, hide under the table and and stick his face into Claire's legs or mm-hmm. run to his locker to get weed in the middle of detention. You know, he didn't think those things through. He just decided he wanted to do it in the moment and he did it. And he made everyone else do the, the locker run with him for some reason, which also didn't make any sense to me. But that's not related to the topic at hand. 
Yeah, and I do, I definitely see a lot of those aspects for Aries, which is why I put it down for Rising. So that's Gemini for Moon because of that being times about their own, and especially that thing about commitment, is because we don't really learn that until they've gotten high, and they're back in the library, and he's talking with Claire, showing her the pictures of other girls, and she asks him, like, are any of these your girlfriends? And he's like, some of them. And basically says like he doesn't want to be tied down to to all of I the, gotta all say, of them. But then, that like, line that he says in that moment is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, some of them I consider my girlfriends. Some of them I just consider. Yeah, is kind of awful. It's in, an like, a awful lot of thing ways. to say. But it also is just funny to me for some reason. Like I don't know why, but that was it. I think it was just the way it was worded was clever. It is a really good line, but like that part of it is because I feel like that's not something he would typically like share with another person. He wouldn't share that fear of commitment with them. And like, of course, we don't see the aftermath of the movie, but he does seem to kind of like commit himself to Claire a bit in the end. He, He takes her diamond earring and there's like this exchange between them because um, a lot of the things he makes fun of her for is her wealth and like her being a quote unquote princess and Bender like then there seems to be like this understanding between them at the end where she gives him this gift that uh, that is like really really big for her to give him because it, it, it obviously is probably worth a lot of money so I feel like there's definitely commitment there and then the other parts of it is the things about like tension, anxiety, and stress can be a problem for Gemini moons. And that's definitely the case for um, Bender. We see in the scene when him and the principal are in like this, I want to say janitor's room is where yeah, he Yeah, the like, closet or whatever that he locks him in. Yeah, like the the principal is talking about how like in 10 years when no one knows who John Bender is anymore in the school, he's going to find him and beat the shit out of him, which is a really messed up thing for a principal to say. But it like genuinely scares Bender there. Like that is real fear that he's experiencing. And it's like that we don't see that at any other point in the movie. I yeah, I definitely I definitely see where you're coming from there. I think it could go either way for this one mm-hmm. but i think i like yours better okay because yeah i mean then we still have the aries in there because we both had that for rising right we're right um also <laughs> see i'm going to touch on this more when we get to claire but i don't like that they kind of get together at the end like i'm sure i'm not the only one who feels that way i just think about how i would feel if someone treated me like the way that he treats her through the whole movie, especially if it was someone that I had never met before, because as far as we know, like they kind of know each other because they know each other's names, but they don't know each other. They just see each other in the hallways and she's like the popular girl and he's the, you know, ruffian who no one wants to be around because he's bad news or whatever. And I kind of, I feel like most of the reason that she ends up, like, getting with him at the end, kind of, is because she wants to just throw the middle finger up at her parents, unless because she actually is interested, which is so bad. (laughs) I feel like both of the couplings in this movie are weird, like... Bender and Claire are weird, and then Andrew and Allison is weird. But I think, like, they they talk about it, though, that, like, 
come Monday, they're really not going to talk to each other anymore. So, like, how much of it is them actually being a quote-unquote couple and then just, like, them, like, the moment in the weekend, you know? I don't know, man. I just, I hate it. That's fair. I love this movie, but I just hate the ending. Except for, like, <laughs> the actual ending ending, because that part, as I mentioned already, is iconic. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So, I mean, we already talked about Aries a bit, and we talked about that we both had it for Rising. So yeah. are you good with saying um, Scorpio Sun, Gemini Moon, and Aries Rising for Bender? For sure, yeah. Just a little, a little thing about the Aries Rising for people who might not know. So Rising signs are basically like what people see when they first meet you. And for Aries, it's like just this commanding sort of intimidating kind of a person um kind of walks in and just like instantly is the center of like whatever's going on even if it's not necessarily how that person actually is it's how they feel when they walk in the room kind of a thing so basically from the get-go we see bender as this like loud i can do everything for myself Y'all are idiots, and he has his own opinions about every single person that he's in the room with, including the principal, and he does not hold off on sharing them. That's why we both said that. All right. Do you want to talk a bit about a bit? Do you want to talk a bit about our next character? Um, yeah, I can do that. So the next character we have um is Brian, and he's like the nerdy kind of awkward little short kid. He's this, like, straight-A student, and his parents expect a lot from him, so he therefore, in turn, expects a lot from himself. Really just kind of has a lot of underlying mental health issues that he doesn't get the chance to talk about because he's expected to be this, like, super smart, super perfect kid. And he's, like, one of the more outcast characters out of the five. You have kind of someone from every circle in your high school stereotype they call him i mean brian brian would be is like called the brain of the group Mm -hmm. whereas bender was called the criminal i do wonder if that's why they named him brian (laughs) i didn't think about that at all until literally right and honestly like probably i was just looking at his name written on my little note thing and i was like wait a second So I wrote down Virgo Sun, Libra Moon, and Gemini Rising for him. Okay, I had some of the same stuff, just in a different order. I had I had Capricorn Sun, I had Libra Moon, and Virgo Rising. So in the Zodiac, um, the Capricorn is kind of seen as the goat. The goat um, and Capricorn in general, they're seen as ambitious people. They're goal-driven, they want to be hard workers, and they have a fear of failure, which mm-hmm. Brian has all of those, you know. he We don't really know it, but we can assume that Brian... So we don't really know it, but we do see that Brian had, like, um, is a very hard worker. He's get, pretty much got A-pluses in all of his classes, except for shop. And mm-hmm. that failure, that one F that he got in um, shop was so like heartbreaking to him that he wanted to literally kill himself over it um he he, like he he brought the flare gun to the school and it went off in his locker which has caused him to be in detention but he was planning to use that on himself which is really messed up 
Um, but it's showing how much that fear of failure and fear of like not being good enough was like part of who he is. Aside from that, Capricorns tend to build up walls with other people. So it's kind of hard for them to get to know other people right off the bat, which I think we do see with Brian with the group. They tend to have an inferiority complex, uh, but they don't and they don't really take work lightly because they want to be looked at as good and smart and successful by other people. I kind of had a hard time. Well, I, as I said, I had a hard time with all of these, but this was one of the last ones I came up with because I just was like trying to just figure it out. I ended up going for Virgo because basically the main thing about Virgo sun people is perfectionism and wanting everything to be as good as it can possibly be over analyzing people over analyzing how to solve problems that they face constantly being strung up because they can't relax that kind of thing but also still being really organized and making sure that it everything works the way that it needs to work um, but then still being like a dependable, nice person that someone would want to come to for like advice or whatever. And I don't think necessarily we see that a lot with Brian particularly because like I, like we specified, he doesn't really have that many friends. But I think if he did, then that would be like he, he would be that friend for those people, like the person that they would be able to come to when they needed something. So that he, they knew that he would be there for them, kind of a thing. Most of the stuff, the perfectionism is like, you know, they're required to write this 1,000 word essay and no one's gonna do it. And then Brian's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write the paper. He's not getting a grade for that. <laughs> He's still doing it, though. And I, I see all those things. Um, I think, like, the perfectionism part of it is very similar between Capricorn and Virgo. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. The reason I ended up going with Capricorn there and Virgo for rising is because like that dependable, seeming dependable or like seeming um, a, like a perfectionist, I think is how Brian presents himself because um, when Bender is like antagonizing him um, early on in the movie, he's talking about how he thinks um, Brian is like the perfect child for any parents that like his mm -hmm. his family's house is like um stereotypical greatest family ever kind of stuff and while we don't learn a lot about his family in it itself i think it's pretty much implied that he feels pressured by the by his family to be that person and i think that's where like that inferiority complex that inferiority complex and that um fear of failure come in and those are just so prevalent in him that I felt more compelled to go with Capricorn instead. I think a lot of what I was pulling from him for Virgo was stuff that I was sort of inferring. So it I was less about first impressions and more about like what I imagined him being if he were in a different situation where he had a group of people that he was friends with rather than just being like by himself constantly just doing homework and nothing else so i think again with this it could kind of go both ways because there is a lot of overlap between both of the signs but i think there's a lot more of what i said that was just like 
inferred rather than stuff you can actually pull from the movie. So I think it could go either way, but based on the information that we're given, I think yours makes more sense. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to say it would be one or the other because there's definitely there's um they're very interchangeable in the way that they represent Brian. We love a couple of earth signs. <laughs> we love some earth signs. So yeah, I would say I'd say sun or rising, one of them would be Capricorn and the other would be Virgo. Okay. And then that would just leave moon, which I have as Libra. And what did you have? I also had Libra. Okay. And I said Libra because a lot of the traits in there I thought fit for Brian. They're considered to be, you know, considerate. Uh, they're thoughtful people. They tend to have strong reasoning on what is right and what is wrong in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think we see, you know, when there's having that sit down conversation in the library, which again, all ad libbed, he's the one person that was that was like, you know, come Monday when we're all normal people again in school, I would actually want to be friends with you guys. And I think it's kind of fucked up that you all think like you just need to go back with your own friends. and You can't like even look at me. Yeah. Um, like he inherently knows that's a wrong thing to do. Um, but there are also people who try to avoid personal confrontation um, and hates like being in an unpleasant emotional situation. I think Brian kind of is like that diffuser of it tries to be like that diffuser diffuser of tension in a lot of the scenes between like when Bender and Andrew are fighting or Bender and Claire are fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to like bring something else up to satisfy what's going on at the moment. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was coming from with it, is that he he's very much the, the mediator for most of the fights that occur, except for when he's high, because then all he does is dance with sunglasses on and laugh. Which is honestly a mood. Yeah, the most valid part of the whole movie is just when they were high and laughing at each other being stupid. It's so weird watching this movie back now in the year of 2021 and be, seeing them be like, oh, Weed? What? What is this? Is that a weed? I'm calling the police. <laughs> anyway, um, there was also the part in the description about Libra Moon that just made me giggle in terms of Brian specifically, because there's a phrase where it's talking about feeling unsuited for menial physical labor and hating to get your hands dirty, and it's like he might not hate it, but he's bad at it because he failed wood shop. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like. That applied a little too well for me in the moment. I was like, oh, okay. Yep. That's, yep. Yeah, it that... made me laugh. <laughs> I think it was just me making myself laugh because it was like 1 a.m. when I was doing this. But... Yeah, that, that fits really well with him as well. I feel like maybe he didn't before, but he probably definitely hates that stuff now. I, I think I agree with what you said about um, one or the other uh, sun or rising being Virgo Capricorn. But I just wanted to put a little piece in about why I said Gemini. There was one specific thing in the middle that it was like, you know, you're always doing a lot of things at once. You're you're working on a lot of projects and doing a, a ton of things, but you get overwhelmed and you can't do everything at once. That's impossible. And I think that that was, like, the first thing that I thought of with Brian, because he is so focused on 
getting his schoolwork all done, all his projects done and on time, and, like, doing it all. And he doesn't take the time to, like, focus on himself and, like, chill out the mental part of his 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 life i guess he just like is work 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 going 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 and he's either like this really high strung stressed out kind of person or he's what we were talking about earlier where he's the kind of guy who's like super trustworthy and is the mediator in fights and things like that and the the whole gemini thing is like you're you've got two different sides of yourself and so that's where i was going with that however i much agree with what you said that it could be one way or the other as well with virgo and capricorn i think what you're what you said about gemini and how it relates to brian is all very true um and i think that's more of an argument for why like gemini could be a potential like moon for brian um i think i still think that libra fits better but i think it's a potential one for there the only reason i wouldn't put it i would keep it like how we decided um Mm -hmm. for rising is because i think that stuff about like being overworked and overwhelmed and stressed out is like not something that you'd pick up on brian from just watching him you know or just like meeting him for the first time because i think like whether intentional or not, he tries to come across as put together um, in the in the beginning of the movie and, you know, presents himself that way. And pe- even like the way Bender looks at him and the other characters do, they think like he he's just a straight A student who comes from a good family, you know, so I don't think they necessarily see that um, see that more stressed outside of him right away. Yeah, I think for me it was based upon when we as an audience first see him rather than the first impression that you'd get meeting him. Because the first time we see him, he's in the car with his mom and his mom is yelling at him like, you need to get some homework done during this detention day. And he's like, mom, I can't. Like, we're not allowed to do work. We're supposed to just sit there and do nothing. And she's like, you'd better find some time to get some homework done. Like, she's immediately just yelling at him. He's like, mom, I... I can't do that. So I think that's where I pulled that from was that first scene rather than how the other characters think of him, which sounds more like what you did. Yeah, I, I, I see that. That's, I think that's just a matter of what perspective you're looking at it. But, um, I think if we're, if we're going to stick to our original idea, that would be, um, sun, Capricorn or Virgo, Moon, Libra, and then Rising, Capricorn or Virgo. Yes. Okay. So the next character we're going to talk about is Allison. And yeah. Allison is considered to be the basket case of the group. Um, I adore her. I adore her too. And it's funny because Allison actually doesn't talk for a majority of the movie. Um, she really only starts talking in like the last 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that she's not expressive before then. You know, she she seems to be a bit of a follower, like she follows the group um, in what they're doing, like even when it comes to like sneaking out of the library to go get the weed from Bender's locker, like she's all in for that as well with the other members of the group, which is ironic because she's actually the only one who doesn't smoke the weed. Um, 
<laughs> she doesn't need to. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, but like she uh eats a sandwich that's like made of pixie sticks and cinnamon toast crunch, and then like pick like paints a picture or like colors in a picture with her dandruff. Um yep. w- which I read was actually Parmesan cheese that they put in her hair that they had that they had her do that with. It wasn't her actual dandruff. That makes it so much more gross somehow. I know, right? But like Allison is a very truthful person. Like she kind of says what she's thinking. She describes herself though as like a like a chronic liar. She she describes herself that way. But we end up learning a lot more about her that like she feels ignored in her family and she just wants to feel like noticed by people. Yeah. Um, even though she's always kind of in the background. So I think she's a very complex character. I definitely agree. I think hers is the the set of big three that I am most confident in my choices for. Okay. What did you say for her? So I said Sagittarius for Sun. Um, and then I said Aquarius, Moon, and Pisces Rising. Interesting. Okay. I'm very interested to hear your reasons for Sag. Um, You as a Sagittarius going, am I like this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, For I actually had Aquarius Sun, I had Cancer Moon, and I had Scorpio Rising. Scorpio Rising? Okay. You going, am I like this? Hey, I'm not a Scorpio rising, to be fair. No, I'm, but Scorpio uh, is in your in your top yeah, three. Correct. But I am a Libra rising because everyone thinks I can't do conflict, which is mostly true. But, you know, not the time or place to get into it. Anyway, <laughs> so I went for Sagittarius because mainly what you said about the tell it like it is aspect. She is very blunt once she starts to speak. And even before that, like, her reactions, like, it's written all over her face exactly what she thinks about what's going on. Most of the time, it's laughter. One of the times, she literally buries her head in her jacket and squeaks. She do be squeaking. <laughs> so I think it it was very much um, that bluntness that drew me to Sagittarius at first. Um, but then also there's parts about um, emotional claustrophobia and wanting to avoid commitment and just, like, run away from things because they need to be free. And there was that whole sequence where she was talking about how she just wanted to, like, get out of there and that's why she has so much stuff in her purse all the time. Which could very well have partially been lying considering the compulsive liar aspect of her her character, if that's even true. She, like, Sagittarius sons want to travel they want to understand why life is how it is and that kind of thing so i think i went to it i went to it from that perspective mainly you don't learn much of anything about her until she starts talking about how unhappy she is at home and how much she just like wants to go yeah I I think this one might have been one of the harder ones for me because, like I said, Allison doesn't talk for a majority of the movie. Um, so she, there's like a lot more physically that you have to pick up um, than just like what she's saying. Uh, but I eventually I went with Aquarius, and I'm 
I'm willing to say that you're right for this one for Moon, but I just want to explain my justification for Sun. I said that for Aquarius Suns, you know, their traits tend to seem like they're friendly to people, yet they seem detached from conversation or interaction. They can appear warm to others, but also distant at the same time and can tend to seem cold and aloof to what's actually going on around them. But the truth of the matter is that Aquarius Suns actually sympathize with other people a lot. And while they're, they rarely exert themselves and seem to have low energy, they actually are very much in defense of other people and what, they, what their own principles are. Um, and I think when Allison starts talking, we see that with her a lot. You know, she has these... We and we can infer like she has these views of like what is right and what is wrong and like people need to be honest about who they are and like how the world works. You know, there's a conversation that they have in the library when they're all together that, you know, they don't want to end up like their parents. They don't want to end up jaded or like hate the world. And Allison kind of just says like, I mean, that's just kind of how it happens. And she doesn't seem happy about it, but she is just kind of that honest person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she does seem to like care for the other members of the group. And she's that, oh, the one other person aside from Brian who, when they talk about come Monday, what it's going to be like, that she says like, yeah, I'd be your friend, Brian. And they kind of write it off by like Claire saying, you're only saying that because you don't have any other friends. And whether that's true or not, I do think we kind of see that like caring for humanity and caring for others part mm-hmm. in her character. Yeah, see, that's why I went for a moon for Aquarius. Um, because I feel like the bluntness attached to her character is more like the way that it is in the Sagittarius um thing, but then with her emotions is more where you get the like aloofness. She doesn't want to seem like she's connecting with people even though she is she just kind of acts like that aloof sort of person that that she seems to want people to think she is and deals with her feelings in a different kind of way than everyone else like everyone else is there crying and screaming at each other and she's kind of just like hey you're all assholes now let me tell you why <laughs> so obviously she does have those feelings like she has that whole story that i was just talking about about how unhappy she is at home and everything but the way that she deals with it is inward yeah. she doesn't share how she feels even when she's talking about how she feels she doesn't really express it that well compared to how some other people do they're not close with their family um aquarius moons in general are not tending to be as close with their family as other signs and will pull away if people get too close to them they want to just like exist they don't really understand how other people feel just as other people don't really understand how they feel and i think that comes across a lot in the way that she interacts with the other characters so that's why i went more on the emotional side with aquarius rather than sun yeah i can see that and i mean where i'm 
I think I'm at a point where like I'm willing to agree with what you have there, like Sagittarius Sun and Aquarius Moon. I'll just explain a bit about like why I was leaning towards Cancer Mm -hmm. um, for Moon. Um, I said that because their Cancer Moons tend to be known for like responding easily to emotional situations and places that they can put themselves in emotional confrontation or conversation really easily which I think Allison can, she doesn't have a problem with that. She places herself in those positions easily and is able to talk th- through them. Can often appear irrational and moody to others because of this, because they're not like, they don't handle the emotional situation um, in the same way that like most people would, They because they find such an ease in those places. Um which I think like goes to that whole they don't the other group doesn't really understand who Allison is because she's so different from the rest of them. And the only other parts of it that I really saw is that they're they're the kind of people who desire security in their life. You know, um, Allison talks about how she feels ignored by her family and she doesn't have a place to be. Um, and I think that having that kind of place is something that would be important to her. Um, and they're also they can be seen as psychics, which I think that part is just because of that one scene when Allison um, like lists off all the information about Brian, like his date of birth, his middle name and his social security number, which why he was carrying that around in his wallet. I don't know. You shouldn't do that. But um, the information that she stated, to be fair, is going to be on a driver's license, which you have to carry with you. That's true. The only um, thing is the social security number, which, like, you're definitely not supposed to carry with you. Yeah. Um, but, like, even though she's not a psychic and she just stole that stuff and learned that it through that way, I do think she just kind of has that intuitiveness of, like, being able to read other people and how they're feeling in a particular moment and who they are really well. I'm still yeah. leaning more to war- towards what you said with Aquarius Moon. Um, and then having Sagittarius for Sun, but I do just want to like get that part in there because I think there could be an argument made for Gemini Moon as not Gemini Cancer Moon as well. I just feel more strongly with what you said. Yeah, no, I definitely agree that it could go either way. I just think definitely Aquarius has got to be in there somewhere because oh, yeah. of that detached thing, the aloofness. Um, she definitely has that. Whatever capacity you see it in is dependent on how you look at things of course but i definitely think it's in there somewhere so i'm glad that you agree (laughs) yeah and then i said scorpio for rising and the Mm -hmm. really really the only reason i said that is because um the few traits that uh scorpio rising was giving me was them kind of seeming mysterious and quiet that there seems to be a lot going on below the surface, but you wouldn't ever know it because they're a very guarded person. So if mm-hmm. you don't get to know them really well, like all you're getting is what they're showing you. And again, we don't hear Allison talk for a good three quarters of the movie. Um, and all we get you to see before that. Again. Oh, at what point did I cut out? Um, it was just that last sentence that you don't hear Allison talk for the like first three quarters of the movie. I know what you said, but it cut in and out. Okay. Um, But yeah, you don't get to hear her talk for the first three quarters of the movie. And during that time, she's reacting to things and like squeaking and like 
putting her head down and laughing at things. But aside from that, you don't get any other hints as to what's going on with her. So that mysterious part was really sticking out to me. Mm -hmm. Listening to you talk about it, I realized that I did almost say that. Like, I was shocked when you said it, and then I looked at it, and I was like, wait a second, no, that's the one I almost picked. (laughs) But I went with... I went with Pisces because she's kind of just, she seems like she's kind of out there. Like, people think she's weird. People think she's a basket case. The head in the clouds aspect of, of the Pisces, um, the Pisces sign in general, but especially rising, I definitely think that applies in Allison's, in Allison's instance because she sort of seems like Okay, so in this thing it says Pisces is known as the psychic of the Zodiac, which kind of goes back to what you were saying about how she kind of just seems like she knows how people are feeling without them saying it and stuff like that. Um, And I think that that's more like a, she's taking in everything that they're doing and saying, but isn't necessarily like knowing anything until she does analyze what she's taking in as information Mm. so that's what i i went with yeah i think with this one like it could go either way um between scorpio and pisces i just felt like thinking about how like rising is that characteristic of people's first impressions of you like where allison is such a guarded person and you're not going to get to know the deeper sides of her um Mm -hmm. like the sagittarius and the aquarius stuff um because you're not going to get to know those right away like that whole mysterious part really stuck out to me um so, so i think if we're if we're going off that then we would have sagittarius sun aquarius moon and then either scorpio or pisces rising Let's talk about our next character Alrighty, our next character is andrew you know he's the he's the jock character he's on the wrestling team he's played by emilio estevez so you can imagine that he is attractive if you don't yes. know what, if you've not seen it you don't know what he looks like he's attractive especially for the time but he's like kind of pompous at the beginning and he kind of just like he seems very protective over Claire like those two are are, are they run in the same circle they're friends already kind of they know each other far better than anyone else knows anyone else in the room and he sort of tries to stand up for her to Bender when he's being an asshole, but he does it in such a way that's, like, kind of gross and sexist. But again, it's it's 1985 or whatever, so no one thinks about it like that at the time. So he's basically, he's kind of a hothead, and he's, like, this stereotypical jock character. It's important to recognize that, like, you know, a big part of Andrew's character is that he, they talk about it multiple times, that, like, he doesn't really know how to make decisions for himself he -hmm. always feels like he's being spurred on or led by other people and what they think is best for him than what he thinks is best for himself and he doesn't really know what that is specifically his dad like his dad is literally the reason that he's in detention because his dad is the one who convinced him to do something about this kid on the wrestling team and so what he did was he jumped him while he was naked and taped his butt cheeks together which, again, really weird. Not okay. Mildly uh, suggestive, to be mi- Mildly sexual assault, you know. But it's weird talking about it in today's lens. 
but in the movie it's made known that it's a bad it's a horrible thing that he did but they kind of like make you understand what led to that happening yeah exactly so for andrew i had him as a leo son a capricorn moon and a sagittarius rising i went with aries sun scorpio moon and leo rising okay um, I said Leo for Sun because I feel like a big part of Andrew's character, at least in the beginning, is his pride. Um, he feels mm-hmm. like his pride is challenged by Bender a lot and gets confrontation confrontational with him a lot because of that. Leos are usually seen to be like the natural born leaders. So when he isn't that in the group, um, because Bender kind of takes over that role more often, he gets really mad about it. Leos tend to seem confident on the outside, but on the inside can be very sensitive and self-centered. They te- they can tend to put on a front for other other people to seem really proud of themselves and to seem really confident, but that doesn't always happen to be the case. They tend to appear as dramatic, but that isn't always the case. I do think it is somewhat for Andrew, you know, with him being this star athlete person, that he's always at the center of attention, so that that dramatic part is in there a little bit. But I do think, like, the parts about Leo, like, them having their feelings hurt very easily, and, like, being reactive to emotional situations was a big part I dragged out from that for his sun sign. So that's why I went with Leo there. See, I was a little surprised when you said it, but hearing what you took from his character and applied to that makes sense i think mine's a little on the nose mainly because there's a phrase in here that literally says sun and aries people it says is but are natural athletes and like he is the athlete so there's that that's obviously something i took from it but also they're impatient which i think kind of applies at least in the beginning he kind of just like wants to get out of there, wants everyone to shut up so that it can just be over with. But then there's also, like, him wanting a... It says, Sun and Aries loves nothing more than a fresh slate, the promise of a new day and a brand new start from scratch. And I think that kind of taps into what he was saying about how he doesn't know how to make decisions for himself and everything is based on what his dad wants for him and he doesn't really want that and he doesn't know what he wants. So I think... I pulled that from there as well. And then there was an aspect of of childlike sort of actions with him. And I think that was more so in the way that he kind of reacts to things. Like, he was being very protective of Claire, but in the way that he was doing it, he was kind of, like, almost whining sometimes to get Bender to stop talking. So, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think mine was a little on the nose, literally just because of the natural athlete bit. I like yours, but I also, like, I understand why I picked what I picked. Yeah, I I understand why you picked what you picked, too. And I think um, a big part of it is, like, Leo and Aries are pretty similar signs in their characteristics. Um, Fire. Yes, both fire signs. Um, And I think, like, that they both, like, have a lot of overlapping traits. You know, that whole impatience part is both kind of fitting under Leo with the pride and feeling, like, really sensitive when not respected Mm -hmm. part. Um, I think that goes in there, along with the impatience from Aries, 
so yeah i mean i think i think that both of them apply i just see like leo more because i think the sides that you talked about with aries are also part of leo with additional things on top of that yeah i would agree with that i think it's just like i think it's funny because most of the time when we have things that are like seemingly very different at first they're always the same element it was the same with um virgo and capricorn earlier they're both earth signs and now we have they're both fire signs so obviously there's something that we're both picking out that's the same i just think it's fun i do too (laughs) (laughs) um so going on from that what did you have for moon uh scorpio okay why did you say scorpio moon um good question (laughs) (laughs) so a lot about um, the Scorpio moon is, like, brooding, which I definitely feel like he does a lot, especially in the beginning. He's just kind of sitting there, like, pouting, basically, because he's stuck there with all these people he doesn't like. But then there's also the aspect of being kind of possessive and jealous in relationships, and I think he is that way about Claire. They're not, they're obviously not in a relationship, but they are, like, chums. That's a weird word choice, but chums. I'm going to go with it. Chaps. (laughs) So Bender basically has it out for Claire from the beginning, of course. And Andrew gets mad because he thinks Bender's taking it too far. And Claire is this, like, princess, quote-unquote, character. And and needs to be, like, treated as such and everything. And he gets mad about it. And he gets very, like, hey she's my friend shut up kind of a thing not in so many words because he never actually refers to her as his friend but like i said earlier they do run in the same circles so they are at least acquaintances and she calls him andy so i definitely think that the the possessiveness was there and that's why i i went with that but then there's also um aspects of like being aggressive and determined which he like literally wants to fight bender at one point so I think that speaks for itself. <laughs> Andrew came to fight, and I respect it. Yeah, me too. Like, way to go, dude. Do what you gotta do. But also, chill oh, out. No. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I said Capricorn, and I think um, the mindset I was thinking about this in was a lot in his relationship to his dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, that that thing he talks about and the other characters talk about of him not being able to make up decisions on his own. Um, Capricorn moons tend to appear overprepared, loyal, and super responsible. Um, so they're like, they'll, they're pretty much the people who would do anything um, to be the best and to be seen as good in other people's eyes. But because of that, it can lead to them being taken advantage of really easily. Um, which is made even more apparent because they tend to not want to appear to be weak because they're shy about their own worth to other people and into society in general. And because of that, like, because of their ability to be kind of easily manipulated by other people, it can lead to them being selfish and manipulative as well to do what they think other people will want. Mm -hmm. But they do still kind of like exhibit those traits of caring about other people and like feeling regret 
for like doing bad things, which I think we see with Andrew, you know, like he feels really bad about what he did to the kid in the locker room. Um, and like he explains why why he did it and why he thinks the way he does is because like his dad has instilled this thought into him his whole life that he needs to be the best and he needs to listen to him to do what's right and be a man's man. And like, I think if this movie was made like today, like Andrew's character would be like a huge conversation around like toxic masculinity. Yeah. And, like its effect on teenagers and like how it can affect like the way they act and all that. Um, but a lot of those traits, like especially the being taken advantage of easily thing in Capricorn Moon was why I picked it for him. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think I thought about giving him Capricorn Moon. I kind of thought about giving a lot of people Capricorn for a lot of different things, and then I ended up pretty much not doing it. This is a very Capricorn cast of characters. Yeah, but I think the thing that turned me away from it is the... And the way that you explained it makes sense, so I understand why you didn't think about it the way that I did. But it was the fact that, like, the ambition he has isn't his own ambition, it's his father's. Or it's his teammates, or whatever. He doesn't have his own authority, so he can't feel secure in it, which is something that, like, Capricorn Moons want and need. So that could very well be something that is why he's not happy, is because he doesn't have that. But it still, like, I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And then there was a whole bunch of, like, stuff about feeling like he needed to be tough, but he he might seem like he's tough, but he's not. And that, I guess, kind of makes sense, but it, at the moment, didn't to me. So I think there's a lot of stuff that it's just like, is that actually him and his emotions and feelings, or is that just projected onto him from people around him? Yeah, I, so I went for Scorpio because of the intensity and and stuff like that that he definitely also has which i think applies to both but in different ways yeah i think this could be one where i would say like it's one or the other Mm -hmm. Um, like you said um with like is that ambition his own or is that ambition like what other people expect of him and i feel Mm -hmm. like you know on one hand yes i don't think it's completely his own because you know, he want he doesn't exactly want to do everything his teammates want to do or what his father wants him to do. But because of his upbringing, I think it's like instilled in him that he does kind of want that as well, like kind of wants to be the best. And like, maybe it's because he thinks it will make other people happy. But I also think like when that's something that is ingrained in you for so long while you're growing up that it kind of becomes of who you are as well but i i'm willing to go um i'm willing to go one or the other for that one yeah and then i didn't have a lot of reasons for picking sagittarius rising i was actually having a bit of a hard time for that one for him which is Mm -hmm. weird because rising usually is easy the easiest one but i basically just listed a bunch of traits that i feel like fit for Andrew as a character at least in the way he would be viewed by like his athlete friends and by the general public in school that he would be like seen as fun bright vivacious um an optimist outspoken opinionated and blunt so basically just like a really confident person Mm -hmm. who like knows what he wants and like 
is the center of attention and the coolest guy in school, even if like not all of that is 100% true. Yeah. And this is another one of those instances where we both went for the same element, but a different section of it. Because <laughs> I said Leo, which is also similarly, it's rather than um, what you said, fun, vivacious and bright. It's confident, vibrant and fun, which is almost the same thing. Yeah. It's just that extra aspect of the dramatics, which I think you mentioned in in talking about Sun when you said Leo. So I definitely think it's got to be in there somewhere. Maybe not necessarily in the big three, but somewhere in his chart. But the like, childlike aspects that I mentioned before are in there. And stuff about like living in the moment, having a lot of energy. I think that that's what you see of him both at first in the movie and also what his sort of projected version of who people want him to be is. Yeah, I can see that. I I don't know if I'd want to say, like, let's do Leo for both Sun and Rising, or do, like, Leo, Sun, Sagittarius, Rising, only because, like, I feel like there's parts about Leo like the like the feelings easily easily being hurt and like feeling pride like diminished when their pride isn't respected yeah. like that aren't things that would normally be perceived by other people you know with him being like probably one of the most popular guys in school i feel like people wouldn't think of andrew as a person who would care what other people think even though he very much is like it's perfectly valid it's perfectly valid and possible for someone to have the same rising sign as sun sign. Yeah. Um, which is why I think I would still lean that way. Okay. Because I think the things you see with the rising sign of Leo are much different than the things you see with the Leo sun sign. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Or the rising is all about the dramatics and the confidence. And stuff like that, which I think he wants you to think he has. Whereas in the in the sun sign, it was more of what were you saying about how he kind of is like secretly insecure or something yeah. like that? Was that yeah. what you were saying? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I think I think it would make sense for it to be double Leo. I can I can be down for that. Dope. All right then. So then we have Leo Sun. Capricorn or Scorpio Moon and Leo Rising. Yeah. All right. So then our final character of the night is Claire. Claire is considered to be the princess of the group. Um, she's the other really popular character or really popular person in school aside from Andrew. Um, the reason she's in detention is because she skipped class to go to the mall, which is kind of like that stereotypical teenager girl thing to do um we learned that she doesn't malls became basically obsolete yeah thanks covid um uh she's the kind of character that like she doesn't seem like she necessarily wants to like go along with everything her friends think or do but she feels very like forced to do certain things and act a certain way and talk to certain people because of what is societally expected of her. We also learn that Claire doesn't have a very good home life, that both of her parents are getting divorced, 
or our divorce. I can't remember which one exactly it is. I believe it's they fight all the time and they're going to eventually get a divorce. They just haven't actually said the words yet. Okay. But they both, both of her parents kind of like use her against each other in arguments. And she talks about how she wishes she could live with her brother instead and doesn't like either of her parents and doesn't want to end up like either of them. And Claire is also just like a very emotional person as well. We see like she's the person who's most affected by the negative comments that um, Bender makes and is like the most afflicted by what he says. But it also seems in the end that like she takes some of it to heart and like grows closer to him, which is a whole weird mess that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> um, so what did you have for Claire's signs? So Claire's sun sign was absolutely the last thing I filled in. And I filled it in with a question mark underneath of it because I wasn't really sure about my choice. I said Capricorn, but I don't agree with that now. I'm thinking more maybe Cancer for sun. Okay. And then I said Capricorn Moon and Taurus Rising. Okay. Um, I said Pisces Sun. Um, I had Cancer Moon and I had Libra Rising. Okay. So I said Pisces for Sun because Pisces are kind of seen as um, and like the considerate and kind um, person out of a group. And I think we do see that, that Claire kind of like cares about the other members of the group through most of their interactions even Bender like when they're trying to like make him not get in trouble with the principal for breaking the door or like sneaking back into the library she's very adamant about defending him um, as well as the other characters as well they're very emotional people which I already talked about with her they can be hypersensitive impression and impressionable which, again, we see that with her relationship with her friends, as she feels like she has to act in a certain way and hang out with them and not hang out with the members of the breakfast club because that's what they, that she doesn't want her other friends to think that she's weird or wrong. And it can be sentimental and romantic while also being insecure. Um, if they feel pulled in multiple different directions and feel like they don't know exactly what they want or what they're supposed to do. And I had this part in here, which I don't know fully how it fits for Claire, but I do, I kind of like can see it without having the words to explain why. But the part about Pisces' son believing in success through sacrifice, and I feel like part of that is this thing about Claire, like, feeling like the way for her to get ahead in the world and like be successful is by doing what other people think is right and what like the majority would do, which isn't always exactly what she actually wants to do. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand that one. And I think Pisces would probably be my second choice, but I'm sitting here reading through cancer now and I just think it like makes more sense. And the cancers that I know like, thinking about the people that I know who are Cancers, I see a lot of that sort of behavior with Claire. And that's, like, the very much, um, very emotional still, like you were saying with Pisces. But having that sort of tenacity and, like, a little bit more brave in the way that they talk. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Claire probably drops the most F-bombs out of anyone, besides maybe Bender. Yeah, I think Bender has her beat, but she's definitely close. She's constantly just like, fuck you, like, flipping people off, mostly Bender. And, like, so obviously she's not afraid to say what she thinks, which I think is more, like, I feel like Pisces more leans towards, like, staying quiet when you want to say something and not necessarily always speaking your mind. But I know a lot of Cancers who very much just, like, if they feel something about a certain situation, they will tell you. And I definitely think that applies to Claire. Her emotions, like, are kind of mood-swingy, which is similar to what I was saying about Bender earlier. How, like, she's really, really mad one second and then just, like, snaps out of it. But hers is more, like, pendulum-ish than his. So I would lean more towards more towards Cancer than Aries for that sort of um, respect of it. But it says, um, Cancer natives respond to life through their emotions rather than through their minds. Which is exactly what I feel like she does. She kind of sits there, takes it in, cries, screams, and then gets over it. Yeah, and uh, I had, that's, I mean, I definitely see the Cancer in there and I agree with everything you're saying. Um, that's exactly why I had it under Moon, um, mm -hmm. and additional reasons as to why I had it under there is Moon, um, Cancer Moons, their desires in relationships tend to be wanting to be taken care of and understood by the other person, mm -hmm. um, which I feel like is a desire Claire has. She doesn't want to, she wants somebody to be able to, like, understand what she wants and, like, how, like, to communicate with her and all that. But the, there's also, like, the things about them taking slights against them very personally, which, mm -hmm. again, like, the whole thing with Bender that she takes, like, the insults from him the most personal out of anyone. They also tend to have the negative trait of, like, clinging to bad relationships, which, you know, there's her parents, there's her friends in school, there's even Bender. Like, yeah. that could be argued to be a bad relationship for her. Um, but she seems to like be kind have this kind of attachment to him even yeah. after everything that he says. And does for that. Yeah. And I mean, it's not impossible for there to be like a cancer sun and a cancer moon. I just think like where we're talking a lot about her emotions, mm -hmm. you know, that that definitely falls more under moon than it does sun. That's valid. Um, so for moon, I went for Capricorn. Because I feel like everything I was reading about Capricorn Moon is that they don't want people to see their emotions, which I think pairs well for Claire with what I was just saying about Cancer, how she kind of like has the feelings and then sucks them back in because she doesn't want to deal with it or doesn't want people to see it. There's a lot of, of like not wanting to appear weak and not wanting to like be dependent on people and i feel like she just goes along with what people want her to do because she doesn't want them to think that she's weak or annoying or whatever the case may be and she'd um, rather just like go through all this stuff that she doesn't want to do and doesn't want to act like because she doesn't want people to see how she really feels about stuff and then there's another bit where did it go i just read it a second ago Oh, here. 
You may be shy and insecure about your own worth and can be overly sensitive to real or imagined hurts. She, again, is just following along with what people want and doesn't actually feel like she has any sort of value without doing that. Mm -hmm. Which is where the imagined hurt comes in. But then the, the real hurt comes in when Bender's like, you're a bitch, you don't care about anything. Like, all of the... All of the insults that he hurls at her eventually gets to her to a point where she's just, like, sobbing and yeah. screaming. And that happens more than once. And yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call that overly sensitive, but it's certainly sensitive. I think it's, like, an interesting thing, though, like, you were talking about where, like, Claire is a very emotional character, and, like, I think she shows that a lot. But it's also interesting to think about, like, with the Capricorn stuff of, like, not wanting to peer, appear weak, not wanting to appear emotional, and that kind of, like, conflict there because she does show her emotions a lot. Mm -hmm. I'd almost argue that what you were talking about with Capricorn makes a better argument for that to be under sun and then cancer really? under moon. All right. Because I think, yeah. like, everything you were saying about uh, Capricorn also coincides with what I was saying about Pisces. Um, or at least some aspects of it do, because they're next to each other in the um, Zodiac, or close anyways. And it still has that stuff about Cancer in there, because a lot of what we were talking about with that, it, we were mentioning mainly just emotional stuff. And that does all fall under Moon. That's true. Um, like I said at the beginning, I originally had, I wrote down Capricorn for Sun and then I put a question mark next to it because I didn't think it made sense. And um, like reading through it again now, it's like building up a wall around themselves to protect themselves, but also being very ambitious, being loners and stuff like that. And that doesn't feel like Claire to me. I think there are aspects there that you can pick out to give to her, but the stuff that was under Capricorn Moon just made it click a lot more for me. Okay. I mean, I'm also fine with going Cancer, Sun, and Capricorn Moon, because I think, I think that pair there fits really nicely for Claire. Yeah. And I didn't think, I, I didn't think of it like that beforehand, but it fits a lot better now. Talking out of my ass. <laughs> Listen, sometimes it works. <laughs> so, thank you for validating me. Also, I just want to say, the amount of times that we have said the words Capricorn Moon just makes me think of Elwoods. <laughs> Maybe that's just the theater nerd in me, but my god. I love that so much. I'm a Gemini with a double Capricorn Moon. Ugh. Also, what the hell is a double Capricorn moon? That's not a thing. Is I don't. Thing? I don't think no. that's a thing. I feel like it's not. <laughs> We're gonna have to fact check that afterwards. <laughs> um, Add a little addendum onto the end of the, <laughs> the report. <laughs> anyway, okay. so then for rising, I had Libra, and I don't have a very strong justification for it. I just felt like it fit for her. And again, mm -hmm. with that whole part about her being like indecisive and feeling torn about like what who she should be with and like whether she's doing the right thing or not. Mm -hmm. But like 
Libra, the rising traits were that they can come across as pleasant and sweet and charming. They literally had the word the princess in there under the description, which like, that's what she is in the movie. They they can also be like considered indecisive, though. They're seen as like the social diplomat and they seem to have like a structure in their life and they know they like they're in charge of everything that's going on. And again, I don't think that's all very true for Claire, but I do think like that's how she comes across to other people who aren't a part of the Breakfast Club. See, I think a lot of that comes into play with um, Taurus, which is what I said. But basically, Taurus rising makes you feel makes you appear as like materialistic, and like she kind of is in the sense that like she likes to wear nice clothes and she gets all like. She does her hair all fancy and gets makeup put on every day and whatever. Like, she's in here for a Saturday detention and she's still dressed the way that she's dressed, like, the way that she would dress for school every day. She still looks nice. But it's like she's she's fierce and she has, like, I wouldn't go so far as to say stubborn, but the, the word that's in here is strong-willed. Mm-hmm. And I think that all applies, but also that softer side, which mainly just at first comes across in the way that she looks. Like, she looks like a nice, soft, cutesy little teenage girl. So I think that's where I went for that one. But of course, there's also the aspects of Taurus about being, like, working with your hands and stuff. I mean, it does it does say something about makeup in there. Yeah. So, like, that could apply as well. Mainly in the part where she makes Allison over and is like, "Oh, you look so much better without all that black shit on your eyes." Like, well, yeah, no, and I think she doesn't. She's beautiful both ways, but I think like I mean the appearance, like physical appearance, does play a part into rising as well. And we don't like always talk about it because I feel like it, it, it doesn't play as big of a part as like some may think it does. But I think like in the case of Claire. Like, that is definitely the case with her. And mm-hmm. about that, like, materialistic thing you were talking about, because at least um, in the movie, you know, that's a lot of the arguments that her and Bender have is, like, he rags on her about her clothes and about, like, the food that she eats and her earrings and all of this stuff. So, like, the materialistic part is definitely in there. Whether it's, like, she actually is materialistic or not, that's to be decided. But it's definitely, like, I can see how people would view her that way. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm good with going for Taurus for her, then. Cool. I did like what you said, too, though. What was Libra? Mm -hmm. It was, like, the social aspect of of her as a character, or at least as the first thing we see is, like, oh, yeah, she skipped school to go to the mall with her friends and go shopping. That could go under the social aspect or the materialistic aspect, to be fair. Yeah, I think it really could be one or the other there. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to go with that then, then uh, we have a Cancer Sun, a Capricorn Moon, and a Libra or Taurus Rising. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's it for the characters. Um, I thought about doing something for the principal, but honestly, I hate him and there's not enough really for me to go off of aside from him being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and the janitor really doesn't have much. Like, he's in, like, three scenes, and that's it. Yep. 
I very much, I was thinking about it too, and I was just like, yeah, no, nah, I don't think it's necessary. Normally we would do like a speed round here, but there aren't any extra characters that we could really plausibly do it for. Unlike most shows where like the side characters have some stuff to go off of to at least make a like a sun sign for them, I don't feel like that's really the case here with the principal or the or the janitor. Yeah. The principal's only point to exist in this movie is to A be the authority figure that is looking over them in detention, and B, to be a giant asshole. And, like, the janitor is a nice dude, but the only thing he talks to, like, he talks to Brian, and he greets him, and then he has, like, the weird conversation with the principal in the basement where he's, like, basically reading this poor man's mind. (laughs) All right, well, do you have any closing thoughts on The Breakfast Club or anything we talked about today? So, like I said, I do love this movie. I can very much analyze and acknowledge the fact that it has multiple flaws, meaning the way that women are treated, mostly, and, like, all of that joyous stuff, and also the, you know, casual drop of the F slur, because that used to be a thing that was spoken all the time, and it just makes me uncomfortable for a multitude of reasons. But I definitely think if only for the fact that it is a cult classic and is, like, literally a Hall of Fame movie, it's definitely worth seeing at least once if you haven't. So I hope that what we talked about today uh, makes you want to watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite, like, cult classic movies. And, like, the great thing about media is that you can love something while also critiquing it. And, you know, I think, like, this movie's really great. Um, Obviously, there's so many different parodies of it in different media, so its impact on, like, our culture is huge. We've seen that. Um, And I think, like, you know, there are definitely problems with it. There are things in it that probably wouldn't be in it if it was shot today. Um, And, you know, it's important to recognize the differences in how the world functioned in the 80s when the movie came out versus how they function now and also like see how things have stayed the same um because there because there are things in the movie that like you know have stayed the same till today so it's like showing where we've come from and how far we still need to go you know but I mean, I, I still really like the movie. I very much advocate for anybody who hasn't seen it yet to watch it or if it's been a long time since you've watched it to give it a rewatch because you'll definitely see things in it that you probably missed the first go around. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I think I'll just hand it over to you to announce what our next episode is going to be on. Next week. Uh, I think this is going to be the first time that we talk about something that only one of us has seen. I am nothing if not obsessed with a couple of TV shows. Now, one of those being She-Ra that we already talked about, and the other one being The Hundred. Complete opposite end of the spectrum. But I convinced Kevin that we needed to do at least one if not two episodes on the hundred so that's what we're going to be talking about next week and when i say that i mostly mean 
the first two seasons because those are the the best ones and the only ones that really matter in my opinion. Yeah, so I saw the show, I saw The 100 when it was airing back whenever it started airing. I don't remember what year that was. 2014. 2014. Jesus Christ, time flies. Um, but I saw when it was when it was first airing, I saw the first half of season 1 and nothing after that. So it's going to be an interesting experience for me. Um, we're going to be watching up to the first two seasons. We're going to do the first episode on three of the main female characters. And then the second episode a week later on three of the male leading characters. But And uh, a whole bunch of other side characters in between. Because we will have very many to do speed round on. Because yeah. there are a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> They don't all have names, though. <laughs> well, yeah, correct, but still. Um, but yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, we'd love to have you guys listen in next week. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the episode this week. We'd love for you to check out our other episodes if you haven't seen them already. We've covered Black Friday by Starkid and She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, if either of those fit your fancy. But aside from that, we hope you had a great time listening today, and we look forward to having you back next week. Hell yeah. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Who's Got the Sign. If you liked the episode, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread our audience to more people. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts, feel free to send them to who's got the sign, no question mark, at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at who's got the underscore sign, and our Instagram is at who's got the sign. 